it's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen in the chat room. There you are. Hi, guys. Good to see you all. Our guest today is Miss Andrea Stolpe, who I haven't seen since. You were the second to the last guest pre-COVID, so you've got that happening yeah. in your in your wind column, I guess. Good to I see do. you back. <laughs> Good to be back. Uh, I want to read Andrea's bio real quick, and then we're going to listen to some songs, and she's going to give some advice. So Andrea Stolpe is a writer with 20 years, 20 plus years experience in the music industry. She's penned songs for such artists as Faith Hill, Juliana Huff, and Jimmy Wayne, has worked at companies including Universal Music Pub, EMI, and Elmo Irving. She's the author of, the, of popular lyric writing, 10 Steps to Effective Storytelling, a staple text for songwriting programs at Belmont University in Nashville, great school, love it. Uh, Berkeley College of Music and University of Southern California, Thornton School of Music, love that one too. Her online courses and video series have garnered Music Educators Grammy nominations in the prestigious Gold Telly Award for non-broadcast education videos. Andrea began her staff writing career in Nashville in 1998. With a classical piano background and Bachelor of Music from Berklee College of Music, she spent a decade honing her songwriting and collaboration skills, working as a demo singer. I didn't know that about you. That's a tough, a busy gig. Um, and preparing for a solo release of her own in 2006. When she's in Nashville, or while in Nashville, Andrea began teaching courses for Berklee College of Music's online program. She later authored Commercial Songwriting Techniques, a lyric and music writing 12-week course, part of the undergraduate songwriting degree. In 2007, Andrea accepted an invitation to help design and establish the songwriting courses of the Thornton School of Music at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, and we are glad to have you here today. Welcome once again. Thank you. That's a lot of applause. Uh, it is a it lot really of applause. Here, I, I've got, <laughs> that's the smaller audience. More. Oh. There's the bigger audience. And the, yeah. Uh, it, hey, it's better than my ego, right? Yeah, it's yeah. better than. <laughs> I think I've gotten some of that too over the years. <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you. Um, have you done any like live in person stuff since COVID started, or is everything remote yes. in your world as well? No, we have. Um, so we've uh, I, I, something that I enjoyed doing is physical retreats with songwriters. We'll go to um, the Catskills in New York. Uh, we've done a couple in Nashville, and we just got back from two of them in Yosemite. Oh, um, wow. So we'll take a bunch of songwriters up there and hole up in a, uh, cabins and actually quite, quite nice um, accommodations and uh, write and learn and then jam. It's a ton of fun. So, yeah, we've been kind of, you know, living life. Just great. It's nice Please. to be out in the world again. <laughs> it, is, it is nice. Yeah. Uh, I see people commenting. I know that my video is choppy. Uh, they decided to uh, do a major update to Wirecast, and I did the update over the weekend. But, of course, my video didn't appear choppy until today's show. So rather than trying fixing it live on the air, we're just going to live with it because Andrea is really the star of this show. Um, mm. And... Um, 
Excuse me, how are the levels for you guys in the audience? Want to make sure they're good for you before we start playing some music? Audio is fine, that's great. Arena Shiloh says, we like you choppy. Uh, <laughs> all right, levels are good. All right, so let's just jump right in. Um, and for those of you who submitted, we got like 115 or 120 submissions. Obviously, we're not going to get to that many songs today. We'd be here till sunrise tomorrow. Um, so Liz literally picks them at random. Everybody's got an equal shot. And uh, this one, speaking of shot, is called Upshot. And it is by Janet Buller, B-U-L-L-E-R. B -U -L -L -E -R. Let's have a listen. Great. For signs, you need a little opening to make it on time. Look up, eat your birthright. The biting at your heels, you're trying to get it right. Show them what you got. You're the upshot. It on to see how it feels We're gonna make it happen Gonna make it real Break it down a step at a time Following along It's a circular line Show them what you got You're the upside Show them what you got You're the upshot. The shadow is dancing. Everything's a blur. There's a phantom in the mirror. Get right with my word. Um, 
Michael, do I have the opportunity to hear from the writer, or is it just us talking about the song? It's just us talking about the song. The writer, sometimes people show up in the chat, sometimes they don't, and there's like a 20 second lag between the chat and us, so it's yeah. It makes it hard. Usually, I uh, I love to ask questions. So, in other words, you know, what are you interested in knowing about as, as far as getting critique on a song? Because basically, as a songwriter, you know, if you leave yourself open to critique, you will get critique on just about anything that anybody wants to talk about. And the problem with critique is often that the the critique is coming through the lens of the person giving it, right? So. Um, in in a sense, whatever uh, we hear back from people is sometimes can be well, maybe they're not that familiar with rock, maybe they're not that that into it, right? And then they give us feedback based on hmm, what didn't float their boat. Maybe they're more lyric writers than anything. And I think what you created here, it's not supposed to be this storytelling sensory mm-hmm. lyric. There's it's, it's not like the main idea here. The vocal is really really important in this song. I think you have the makings of a really great vocal. Um, there's really wonderful energy throughout the tune. And, you know, mainly, I mean, I this, the style is such that it's not about, um, like, smart meanings in the lyric. It's just more about getting the lyric to carry the charisma of the music, right? And and I think the melody and the, the rhythms and what's going on harmonically in terms of, of, of those rhythms that you're catching too. And I think it's very, very cool what you're making. It's really dimensional. There's a big sound field, which I really love. So I think it's you, you did an amazing job. Um, so in the sense of, well, you know, critiquing, sometimes I like to just think about as the songwriter, you created something really special here. This is awesome. Very, very effective. And at the same time, if I as a songwriter want to be able to repeat writing a higher quality stuff, or I want to think about was there anything in that experience that the listener just had that could be better or different, like in expanding my style in, in the next song, because we don't want to write the same song over and over and over again. One thing that I might uh, might look at is I really love your O O O O the chorus. It's these long notes and it's a melody in and of itself that I really remember. And yet, when I um, listen to "You're the Upshot," um, I love that f- lyric phrase. And I think I'm not supposed to think too much about it. You know, if I do, then I start. Well, what does that mean? And that's not the point. But I think that the um, the melody uh, there. I wonder sometimes if, if when I'm writing melody, does it grab the meaning in the lyric enough? And and so in other words, is the melody saying with music what the lyric is saying with words? Um, and so something, and I love, mm, you're the upshot, mm, then the downbeat comes. I love the sort of um, before the downbeat setting of that, and I love the pause before it because it isolates those those words as the title. And at the same time, I wonder if you were to think about, well, if I were to write anything else, and you can always go back to this as this is my melodic motif for the title and it's it's solid, would there be um, another rhythm or shape to that melody that would emphasize the energy and the, the activation of being the upshot m- m- even more than what you have now? Um, 
we all know, you know, that motif, that hook that's driving this song. When anybody says upshot, yeah, I think it's called upshot. We're all going to sing, yeah, you the upshot, right? Um, I wonder if if you could just hold that thought that in this song experience, that's the moment for us that we're, it all comes down to. Um, and so I would just look at that. Is that the, um, the melody that's really going to captivate our attention on this song? But I love so many of the melodies and things. You've got a lot of balance in the verses, meaning it's structurally the song is fairly safe in the verses. Four lines, four lines, and they kind of, phrasing-wise, they go along as I would expect. However, when you're saying speed it up, watch for signs, make it on time, it's your birthright, they're biting at your heels. I mean, this is really about an experience where um, I think you're you're deciding to take the future into your own hands, and it's risky and it's scary as hell, right? And I feel like um, you can take chances and with your structure and do something unexpected, musically, uh, melodically, in terms of where you're singing your phrase, like suddenly using short notes or dropping a, a couple of beats or dropping a whole measure. Um, so you throw us off kilter too we can hear the danger in the situation does that make sense michael yeah yeah it totally does i'm looking at it the whole time you're talking i'm going oh good idea yep 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 she's right and i'm sitting here looking at it going you know this would be really good for like sports highlight reels um and it's not too on the nose it's in the ballpark you don't want things to be so Mm -hmm. on the nose that they're cheesy but sure. the whole upshot, uh, the masculinity of this, first of all, the, the tempo, mm-hmm. the vocal, the chord structure, it's all pretty masculine, which they generally want for sports. Um, I know, please don't send letters. It ain't my fault. I don't decide what makes it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got to the bridge and it kind of went, oh, because uh my shadow is dancing everything's a blur there's a phantom in the mirror get right with my word that takes it too far out but then again they probably wouldn't use the whole thing i'm sure they wouldn't use the whole thing but you might as well um if you feel like submitting it for uh sports uh sports video sports highlights um write an alternate lyric for the bridge that Uh, underscores that whole you know i'm gonna win it's been a tough battle heroic masculine we're fighting it out slugging it out kind of stuff in the bridge because if they're gonna use a second part it's probably going to be the chorus and maybe the bridge probably not the verse so much in a sports highlight reel anyway uh i thought it was pretty darn good it was it really was yep yeah um Thanks, Janet. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now we're moving on. <laughs> this is pretty funny, actually. We're moving on to Michael Lehman's song, which is funny enough called Hoops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Another sports reference. Yeah.
What say you, Andrea? Oh no, you froze. Oh no, she froze. <clears throat> Okay, let me send her an email and tell her to re-click. I hate when they update this stuff. Okay, I've got you there. There you are. Uh, yeah, let me uh, add you back to the frame. Okay, guys, be patient. Doing a little tech work here because I love doing tech work while I'm hosting the show. <laughs> All right, there. there's that. I'm telling you, it's not Zoom. We can't use Zoom for the show. Unfortunately, our audience sometimes exceeds Zoom's capacity. But uh, let me get this together here. Crop. I've got to shrink you down to go side by side. We'll be with you in a second. 25. All right. Talk to me. Oh no, I can't hear you again. You got to select your. Uh, Hi. There you are. I'm here. All right, let me yeah. get rid rid of that other frame so that we don't get the slap back. Talk to me now. Okay, still got me. Uh, let me do one other little okay. thing. Oh my goodness, okay. rendezvous dashboard now audio mixer. All right, we should be good. I'm here. Ah, uh, I've learned so yeah. much about the new system today <laughs> more than i wanted to unfortunately all right what were your feelings on that one hoops by wow. michael lehman what a cool tune michael i mean it throwback definitely and i felt like considering that um throwback to even the late 80s 90s much of the content feels very very appropriate very much in context of what i was hearing there um, I think that, uh, you know, I have to wait a long time and maybe, you know, this is the state of the, uh, commercial industry sort of, um, re-educating our listeners constantly to when they should expect the main idea to come. Um, but I had to get through a verse and a pre-chorus that was very, very similar in the sense that it was giving me lots and lots of lyric and lots of off um, to take in and it wasn't until the chorus that you give us really wonderful contrast which I loved so I just jumped through your hoops right so you stretch out the melody 
that's what I mean by contrast. Whereas waiting around on a Friday night is a lot of shorter notes. And when you have a lot of shorter notes, you get through more lyric faster. So I'm suggesting that I think that it was, I began to feel a little bit exhausted of listening about halfway through the pre-chorus because it's a lot to take in. Now, this is a very normal thing for, for us to do when we write songs and when we play instruments. We tend to overplay and overfill our songs in a similar way um, is where we um, overexert the listener's attention. You know, we require too much. So what I'm suggesting is that could you cut the pre-chorus down a little bit and, and one way to do that would be to change your phrasing. Um, if this is to be a broken romance, you say try it again, but I want to give it a chance. So I'm stretching things out a little bit so that it relieves the expectation on the listener to, to, to listen for so long. And sometimes you might hear, you know, you might feel this stuff when you're writing it that we often continue the same rhythmic characteristics for our melody section after section after section but you broke it beautifully in your chorus and i loved that that was really great what a cool idea jumping through hoops again it was very sweet um the only other thing i'd say is loosen up on your rhymes you know you don't need to rhyme sight with right in verse one you don't need to rhyme there at all but you were nowhere you were nowhere try repetition and just cut out the last part of the of the line um, that can make it sound like you're putting more emphasis on rhyming than you are on writing what is authentically what you want to say. That's Michael great advice. That's great advice. Uh, I, again, agree with everything you said. Very 80s Madonna-esque throwback. Um, and, you know, would be good for, again, I hate to keep going to film and TV because that's not all we do around here, but that's where my brain is today. Um, very good uh, in the ballpark for that type of pitch. If somebody, you know, has a party scene, a bunch of teenagers getting together in 1987, and you need a Madonna-type tune playing in the background of the party, this would be great for that. It felt like a long song, and this goes to what you were saying, Andrea. It felt very long to me. It was actually only three minutes and 28 seconds long, but it felt like a four and a half minute song. And I think it's because the pre-chorus is twice as long as it needs to be. And in the middle eight, I also made an X by the middle eight. Won't jump, I won't jump, won't jump, I won't jump. Um, I mean, I understand that that relates to the whole hoops concept, but it felt like there could be a little, that was repetitious, and, and not interesting enough. The the middle eight or the bridge just didn't feel like it added anything. It felt like they put something in there um, because it was necessary, but didn't give it as much effort as the other parts of the song that were better. Sure. But and these are just such, such that this is why we have to play our songs for other people. Yeah. You just can't see these things for yourself. It's so hard to see the outside of the house from the inside. So very, very fixable issues and very common. Absolutely. The good news is you're on the right path and, yeah. you know, better to be on the right path than on no path at all. Yeah. All right. This one is called Middle of Somewhere and it's by Jeff Carson.
Somewhere down that interstate Out past exit 58 Turn right and head off through those cotton fields Out there where the traffic ends Freedom reigns and life begins Where I learned as a boy just what it means That every middle of nowhere Is somebody somewhere And I wanna be right there As long as you're there with me Underneath the moonlight Down by the creek side In the middle of somewhere Is where I Just awesome writing. So, so wonderful. I love your title. What an excellent, excellent hook. And country demands us to have great hooks and, and unique hooks, you know, not something that we've heard a lot. So you just did a beautiful job of that. Um, I'm wondering if this song could just tweak that melody a little bit in the chorus so that it pays off a bit more. One of the re ways in which I felt like I wanted it to pay off was to um, stay higher in terms of range. Um, in the middle of nowhere, is somebody somewhere. I want to be right there as long as you're there with me. Uh, just to keep it, get, get some more momentum in there. The other thing 
is harmonically, um, there's not a lot of tension, right? You're going from the tonic to the five major to the four major. You do have the two minor in there, which helps create a little tension, but I might, and this can be totally personal preference, but I might pull it into the six minor as well. I wanna be right there. Just grab that six minor so you can pair, you know, pull at our heartstrings a little bit more. Um, the other thought that I was having had to do with the lyric. And in terms of the lyric, I'm experiencing singer as just singing about the concept, not so much in the song. And I would love for this for him to be at uh, somewhere down that interstate right now. So what I'd like you to, to do then is to um, add in a pronoun somewhere. I'm somewhere down this interstate out past exit 58. I turned right and headed off through those cotton fields. Out here where the traffic ends, freedom reigns and life begins. This is where I learned as a boy what that means. That every middle of nowhere, somebody's somewhere. And I wanna be right here as long as you're with me underneath the moon. So it, it brings it into the present moment and it makes it so much more urgent. Like. It gives the song a reason for being sung right now. I hope that makes sense. I want you to also think about the idea that um, in verse two, you, you did some really good work here by saying, well, let's, does it have to be as long? But I think that the content, um, it doesn't necessarily move me away from that physical middle of nowhere. Think about anytime you can take something from being a physical thing or place or object, to a figurative idea. For example, you have a you character in here and their relationship is sometimes in the middle of nowhere, but it's also somewhere, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you don't know where the relationship is going. It feels lost, but as long as we're doing this together, we're gonna emerge and realize we were on the path all along. So I just considered that um, I think that you could make more of verse two and move into a concept that is another perspective on that really great title that you have. Michael? I, I once again agree with everything you said. Great observations. Uh, and I made a note while I was playing, like say it and sing it like you mean it, which I felt like the, the tone and the pitch of the vocalist, which I'm not sure. It sounds like it could have been a Nashville demo, um, although it's kind of on the cusp because in Nashville, even the demos, a demo singer would have given it his or her all. And I felt like this singer was above phoning it in, but wasn't singing it like it's my life experience that I'm sharing with you, which is exactly what you said using different words. It was just, uh, and, and the there, over there, no, make it here right now. This is the story I'm in and I'm sharing it with you. And I made a note that you also said, chorus needs melodic emphasis. Again, we use different words, but notice the same thing. So you just well, express it more eloquently than I do. Yeah, <laughs> well, from a, from a songwriter who struggles with all of these very things. Listen to um, Sand in My Boots. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's very much a my and I, and it's very much right now in the song. So it's a good example of all those things. Cool. Um, did you know Ralph Murphy when he was alive? Did, yeah. Um, he was a very close friend of mine. I mean, like, literally, like, a brother to me and would stay at our house whenever he was in L.A. And we were golfing buddies for many, many years. 
and he used to always say, and pardon my French, everybody, you know, I know it's a family show. If you've got kids in the room, stick your fingers in their ears. But he'd always say, I don't give a shit what's going on over there. Tell me about what's going on right here. And that was a case of this. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a tense and a point of view thing. Yeah. That's how you get the hear and the, and the eye. Yeah. All right. The next one is called Before You Call, and it's by Max Rubinow. Is it Mark or Max? Whoops, Mark. Thank you. If you're out on a limb that's about to break off, I will be there to catch you. So don't be alarmed if I can from harm No perils will beset you Just know I'll never let you out of my sight Out of my heart I've had you with me from the start I'll be there to break your fall I'll be 
this is such a sweet song. Um, well, you've got some uh, you've got some harmonic chops on you. That's really really cool. Um, it's a lovely song in which I think the lyric paces really well over the harmonic progression. So, in other words, I really like how much uh, lyric you intend for me to take in and how, how quickly it goes by. So I thought that was really well done. I really love the way that you set the last line of the chorus, which is the third line, which is really neat that you didn't keep it balanced, right? Um, and uh, as a section, because I think uh, that for the first time that really highlighted um, some musical unpredictability. So that was really cool. I mean, all in all, the song is very safe. It's it's not gonna throw me any um, collisions in terms of um, combining genres, um, asking me to think about a concept in a new way, you know, anything like that. So I think you've got a solid song, and at the same time, sometimes when I have songs that, and I love all my songs, I think they're the best thing. I ever wrote right when I wrote them. And then days and months go by and I'm like, oh, okay. That was one of those. It's, it's you know, it's fine. It's one of those, but it's gonna be hard to get cut, hard to pitch because it's, it's sort of walking the middle ground line. And no one ever says it's a bad song. No one ever says they don't like the song, but it's nothing that anyone ever says my gosh, I have to cut that song right now. Get me into the studio with it. So I would just encourage you to write like there's no tomorrow. Because if this is your, you know, if this is what you put out when, when, you're when your focus is enjoying writing and putting out what you feel is good music, you're great. You're poised to write some stuff that's really going to get people's attention. But I think it's about writing a lot at that point and push yourself by listening to um, music outside of your comfort zone, outside of what you typically would write um, or, or listen to. And, uh, and then I think, you know, let that inform your writing to where you're starting to do some things, particularly maybe rhythmically, vocally, that, uh, and maybe even with groove, exploring some different collisions between what you've got here and um, other styles. So you can see what comes out um, when you're really playing with um, what you've never done before. Michael? Uh, a lot of important stuff in there. I'm going to be, you're going to find out why Andrea is the teacher and I'm not. Um, I don't mean this to be harsh at all, but it, it's got such a severe lack of sounding contemporary that it goes to Andrea's point that it would make it hard to pitch. Um, and obviously, you're writing so if you're writing them just for you and your friends and your family, that's one thing. If you're writing them to pitch to somebody in the industry to get cut, to end up in a film or a TV program, um, this sounds very dated back to the mid 70s. Uh, remember the TV show with the guy that he, he was like a ordinary guy that became a superhero? He had on like a red one piece. Thing and the theme song was "Believe It or Not." Dun, dun, dun. I can't sing. Yeah, but what was what was the show? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I watched it. Yeah, me too. The guy had curly blonde hair, and the theme song was eminently hooky. 
this really dates itself back to that. And so it tells people in the industry, it may not tell people on the street, but tells people in the industry, okay, this is somebody who's probably 50, 60, 70 years old that wrote this because that was the music that informed them at the time when they started writing. And so that's what they comfortably go back to, which goes to Andrea's point again about get out of your comfort zone. This is just, it's not bad. There are some good aspects of it, and I don't want to be discouraging. You need to challenge yourself now to step up and become more contemporary, which will make your stuff more pitchable if, in fact, you're desirous of that path. Um, sure. Yeah, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> All right, moving on to the number five position here. We've got Christine Vacalaris. I want you to love me. I feed the fire Trying to drive out the cold I want to burn out Thoughts that shatter my soul Long summer nights I sleep alone now With the tears that I cry I want you to love me Is what I'm trying to say I need you to love me I die a little each day I want you to love me But I don't want you to lie I need you to love me Don't take the road to goodbye All that I tried to give you Just a summer that's gone The beach is cold and abandoned Umbrellas tossed by the wind I sit and stare at the ocean Thinking what could have been I want you to trying to say I need you to love me I die a little each day yeah I want you to love me but I don't want you to lie I need you to love me don't take the road to goodbye I want 
Okay, how'd you feel? Wow, Christy, this is, it's awesome. It's truly awesome. It's beautiful, um, great choice in vocalist. I got some pretty um, pretty strong James Bay vibes in the beginning. And that's, I say that uh, because I'm he- hearing the lyric uh, through the lens of, of that style. Um, if you know James Bay. Um, and he can deliver a lyric that's kind of over the top. It gets a little abstract. It's very dramatic. And he can say things, I want you to love me, without it being um, victim-y. <laughs> hmm. And it's, it's really, um, really cool. So if I'm hearing it through that kind of a lens, I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff about the lyric that I really love. Um, one thing that I find interesting is that you chose to keep the melody exactly the same through every section of the song. So the chorus, basically what's happening is the chorus melody is saying, these ideas that I'm delivering to you right now as the main point are no more important than any of the other ideas I've delivered to you in the verse. That's the issue with saying it's kind of like speaking in monotone for a for a whole conversation after a while it's really difficult to figure out what's important to the person speaking or what the culminating thought is um so i find it interesting that you chose to do that um because this is not a lyric driven song because we could say well bob dylan did that you know like where's the melody yeah (laughs) But it's a message song. It's, you know, it's a, it's, the lyric is everything. I think in this experience that I'm having listening to your gorgeous tune, it feels more like the lyric is making meaning of the music. So it's not as if, if I took the music away and I read the lyric, it lacks the, um, the passion that the music gives it. So that said, I think that the lyric is not meant to stand alone, you know? So I think that the melody, and when I say melody, then what, what do I mean? I want you to love me. If I mean, that's a big thought. Do you want to really sing, I want you to love me? It's after the downbeat, which, which we have three places we can set something. We can set it before the downbeat. I want you to love me. We can do it. I want you to love me, which emphasizes the I. Or we can do it after, which always creates a feeling of hesitancy or apathy or um, an afterthought. And it, I don't feel like, you know, that is an afterthought. I want you to love me. It's what I'm trying to say. And I'm, I need you to love me. Like, get me up there where I feel like the music is saying what the lyric is saying. And that would be my reason for causing a new melody to happen for your choruses. Not just, well, every song has to have a chorus and it has to have a contrasting sound. Not really. 
But I think here, the musical similarity is not enabling me to take in the impact of the lyrical message. I hope that makes sense. I think that, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, two short comments. Number one, the beach is cold and abandoned, umbrellas tossed by the wind. Really good visuals on that lyric. Mm -hmm. Thought that was great. Umbrellas tossed by the wind. It's like we can all see that. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention it before. So good job on being original. And I've been in the music business, I think, for 48 or 49 years, if you can believe that. And this is the first time I've ever heard a flamenco rhythm played in essentially what is a pop song um, ever. And just yay for originality on that. It's kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, that's me. I'm, I'm done with that one. That's really all. worth working on that one, Christy. Yep. This one, actually, you know what? To be fair, I'm going to go to the bottom of the playlist and now work my way up, try and find some equity in how these things are being played today. Um, so I'm going to go to a song which is called Money by Anelda Spence. Let's have a listen.
<laughs> Just to show you what a jerk I am, I played that on purpose. I've never heard this song before in my life, but I saw her name on the list. I know we've gotten her a lot of placements and stuff through Taxi. I know she's a strong Taxi member, and I... I, I literally have never heard it, but I knew it would sound of today. It would sound contemporary. And I wanted to give you a, a, a platform to draw the comparison between stuff that sounds dated and contemporary. Everybody in the chat room got it. They're all like, this is great. Great job in the production. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, you know, today. So it's obvious. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Oh, and Nelda, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, there is nothing that I would change. There's nothing, right? I think there's a point where, um, yes, yeah, songs can always change, not necessarily get better, you know? Um, one thing that I really love that you're doing is if I can listen to the vocal range, and it's not a challenging song to sing in terms of range. And I love that because that means that you're using rhythmic elements to create really cool melodic themes for each section, the verse and pre-chorus and chorus. Um, just wonderful rhythmic values to your writing characteristics. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. I was, as I was listening, and I'm not, you know, gosh, it's, it's we're all listening on, you know, $5 uh, speakers these days, basically, these wonderful mixes, but I think um, I was wondering myself, would I like the vocal to be pushed a little more extreme um, in the delivery? But I say, if you're getting placements on the vocal as you're currently delivering it, don't listen to any of that. Just <laughs> keep doing what you're doing when it's working and stop getting feedback. You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's a point where you just you finally kind of hone in on what's working and just make make more of that. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. She does it so well. Uh, your husband's an engineer, isn't he, Andrea? Yeah, he is. So so am I. So uh, and I'm sure he said this a, a thousand times, if not a million, that it's really mm -hmm. hard to listen. Uh, you as a song coach, same thing. It's hard to listen to music recreationally, like you did before you got into the business. Um, you're always hearing, I could be in the grocery store and hear something in the speakers while I'm looking at, you know, Chef Boyardee ravioli in a can or something and, and still be noticing, oh, that vocal is way too soft in that mix or the hi-hat is way too busy for that chorus, blah, blah, blah. So on this, in the plus column, in the good column, because there was no negative column, the guitar sounds were great. The backward was like such a sexy sound I wanted to like I, I, I think I've spoken to Neld on the phone I just want to call up and go okay what kind of guitar what kind of amp what kind of mic what kind of limiter on that because someday I'm going to want that sound sure. the bass sound was great it was a great bass part that was incredibly appropriate to the song and mm -hmm. played with enough kind of like I don't give a damn bounce but I'm really in the pocket there was something about every little point of this song that could reach out and touch the listener from the vocal to the lyric writing to the production to the engineering it all works and that's i knew that i would hear this having never heard the song also i want to make a quick mention of the, the lyric on the chorus again a big points for originality need a little money a little credit to my skills 
it tells you the story in two lines. It's just like, I'm worth it, you know? So pay up, dudes, um, in the form of $100 bills, a little bit of money. Mmm, sweet Benjamin, little cold hard cash. Not brain surgery, but it's so effective. Yes. Anyway, great job, Anelda. Uh, okay, I'm going to continue going from the bottom up. Um, if <laughs> I hate double-sided printing. There ought to be a law, I tell you. Okay, this one is from Lark Watts, and it's called Better by the Beer. <laughs> I love it. Great title. I'm getting better by the beer. I mean, it's just, um, it's a flexible song. You've got big band, but uh, certainly country as established by this vocal. Um, it could go George Strait. It could go very contemporary, too. So I like, I love that about it. Um, I would say it, it's, uh, it's tricky to pitch 
if the demo is misunderstood in any way. So I would want to hear the horn parts uh, really rocking if you're going to use horns at all, like really rocking. And I think it's a really neat thing to bring in some horns into uh, your country pitch. It's pretty cool. Um, and at the same time, I would get some feedback from you know, I'd like to say from some publishers to see how how is the how is even some session players. I don't know how you demo this, but it would be really interesting to see um, what uh, a, a Nashville session player would say as far as the best way to to, to put this forward with horns. So I think some of them are out of pocket. Some of the parts are fine, you know, um, but I would work on those parts so it's just really slamming. Because um, I want that bar to feel like a place I want to be, <laughs> and I think musically, if it's, meh, you know, then it, um, I think it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to really enter into the song really well. But what an awesome title! Hmm. Uh, super fun song. Uh, there's so many great things about this. I think it's worth um, getting, uh, getting it kind of over the line to a demo that's going to really show its value. I agree. Um, I loved it. I think it had a bit of an identity crisis. The horn parts were cool, but I went, eh, uh, not, is it country or, uh, it, it left me feeling a little confused about that. But the one thing that I kept thinking was this song would get licensed like crazy. I mean, this is worthy of a placement in a big feature film and it would be a featured placement, here's why. So, you know, guys at a bar, it could be girls, uh, again, no letters, damn it. Um, bar scene, and somebody's getting a little too drunk, but they're having a good time, it's bro night, very bro night, you know, and this song is just so perfect for it, and it's not background, it's not background source coming from a jukebox, it's actually up and it would be fader up in between dialogue for the chorus so it'd have a nice featured spot but all that said who wrote this uh this is lark watts lark if you get it returned by a screener don't say but michael said it was eminently usable in a feature film it is under the right circumstance the demo needs to be 15 percent better andrew is absolutely right Somebody in Nashville could take this and go, ah, I've got the problem solved. And a day later, you'd get back a demo that you'd go, oh my gosh, I wasn't doing this song the kind of justice it deserves. So there's that. Um, but again, so you can't just send this out to a million people making movies going, anybody need this. That's not way, the way film and TV works. A music supervisor has to get a directive from the director on the film saying, we need like a buddy, you know, like a five o'clock somewhere kind of song that can be fader up in, in this bar scene where the two guys, it's the end of the night, they're, it's the last call, and they're deciding what kind of trouble they can get into now, preferably some sort of, you know, peanuts on, peanut shells on the floor kind of bar. I was going to say it'd be great for, uh, oh, what was the movie with the guys that went to Las Vegas uh, and got into all the trouble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what? It's a cult movie now. Yeah, it's 
perfect for that. So there you go. You're very close. Sooner or later, this will get used if you get the demo made a little better. And this will get used not just in a little TV show, but something really good. So good job. All right. Moving on. This is, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name. And I'm very sorry for that. The Born Verlo. And it's called A Little Less Like Me. I love that title. And mm -hmm. here we go. Yeah, play. Lost in wonder 
is beautiful it's absolutely beautiful um i have a couple of thoughts you know i as always take them with a grain of salt um i really love your lyric style there's something so special about how you're writing the ballet dancer with the loaded gun Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that moment musically and lyrically was just unmatched it was great um the fact that you then change the melody and harmonies underneath swallowing four seasons all in one i didn't really um need you to give me a different melody and chord progression there i might have liked the same that i had over a ballet dancer with a loaded gun and maybe all in one instead of maybe you do go to the five chord there or the five seven that's fine, um, but I uh, sometimes I think we don't recognize how complex our songs feel to someone who's listening for the first time. Whereas to us, it feels like, man, this is so simple. I'm afraid of being a foregone conclusion, but it's really not. And the, then the musical moment there with the ballet dancer was so awesome. Um, I would love to hear that moment again in the next line. Aside from that, um, I I felt like the um, the drums, the rhythm section, for me took a bit away from the song. I, in other words, let me say that in a different way. I think that your lyric and your vocal and your melody and your beautiful chord changes are enough to move the song in a very acoustic manner, even like single instrument and vocal, which is saying something for your song. I felt that when the when the chorus came in, it was dun, 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 it was very square and we're all marching along. Um, it was a little canned. I would be curious, if just, just drop the fader on that, get that out and let me see what you're left with. I kept thinking queen and I was like, hmm. oh, this is so awesome and so, you know, able to be carried by, again, just a single instrument and, and vocal. Um, so I might play around with that. Because there are productions, they really just need to, to support the song, right? And that's easy to say, hard to do. But always I would maintain a minimalism and only add when you feel that the song is calling for something added but not just to assume, well, I have all these instruments available to me, why not use them? <laughs> I just don't think you need it. It's such a fabulous uh, experience and very rich harmonically. Michael, what are, what are you thinking? Um, loved many aspects of it, right as always, uh, on your, your um, feedback. Uh, the ballet dancer with the loaded gun. I, I circled it and made an X and a heart next to it. It's I love it when you hear a gem like that. You go a whole lifetime in the music industry, and I've never heard that before. Brilliant writing. And I also made a note, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Try acoustic. Look at that. Yeah. Great minds, huh? Well, um, just speak to the strength of the song. 
Yeah. And I don't think I've said that to three people in my entire career. Usually it's like, well, if you did this, you know, you're adding more, which is usually compensating for a lack somewhere else. If you can strip everything out and take it back to just a guitar and a vocal, there's a lot of song there. Um, also, love the title. Titles are really, really important. And I, you know how I've stressed this all the years that I've owned Taxi. Mm-hmm. Titles are the thing that make people want it, to, it's the cover on the book. It's the thing that makes them hit the play button. It's really important. And a little less like me is pretty intriguing. I want to know exactly what that's about. Um, and I love the dichotomy. Here comes the rolling thunder. Here comes the summer breeze. So easily excited and so impossible to please. Really, really good lyric craft in there. So good job. I'm sorry, the 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 Bjorn. Did I get? No. <laughs> I'll practice. Um, great job. Okay, moving on because we've only got 13 more minutes. Okay. Uh, this one. Wow. Tough name again, but I'm going to do this one. Uh, this is called Crazy World, and it's by Gene Orphanopoulos. And let's have a listen to Crazy World. Be 
Okay. Gene. Boy, um, this is just a feel-good song. I just feel good when I'm listening to it. Um, Michael was talking about grocery shopping, and, and <laughs> I would not be surprised at all to be shopping and hear this come on the radio, right? Or come on the speakers. I would feel like, okay, that's consistent. Um, we're kind of keeping it light, you know? Don't don't make anything uh, uh, too, too dark, too dramatic. Um, I wonder if it's just a little bit slow uh sometimes it felt like the the vocals were sort of waiting for the track to catch up to it just a little bit at times i did like the lilts you know sometimes the guitar reminded me of santana and then at other times i'd be like no wait the lyric is disney you know so um and what i mean by that is it has a safety again you're not really saying anything that i haven't heard before you're kind of writing about everything at the same time on the surface, right? And and it matches, I think, to a large extent what you're doing musically, um, with just the one tonic, the four major, the five major. There's nothing there that's saying tension, right? It's all just, it's all okay. So it's kind of laughing about this crazy world. So, you know, whatever your purpose is for this song, um, I think that, let me say it this way, I think that you're end goal with you know where you see yourself pitching this song is is going to be determined by these qualities because when we're pitching songs for artists you know writing for artists essentially we need to be writing something that they can't write themselves or you know can't write with just the, the people they're already writing with we have to key into something that defines them and their brand more than they can do so on their own. And so that's the only thing about what you've got here in terms of pitching, uh, tricky, tricky to do. Because, you know, if I think about, well, Jason Mraz does positive pop. Yeah, but he can make all that stuff. And so he doesn't need anyone to help him do that. And he writes some very specific lyrics um, that um, are a little harder to access, right? If we're just kind of generally writing some more sensory material, good storytelling, things like that. So I think, again, the song is not driven by the lyric in any other way except just the title, but it's a feel-good song. And if you look for opportunities in which um, that is the value, I think you're going to, you know, you might have some luck with it for sure. Michael, where are you at with that? I've got no comments. You covered all of it, but I did see somebody mention that reminded them of Jay Ferguson's song Thunder Island circa 1976. Oh. I happened to be wrapping cables in Studio C at Criteria when Bill Simzik was mixing that record. So I heard it like a hundred times in a day and thought it was a great record. And just want to give a shout out to Jay Ferguson because he was like almost an eagle. He was in that camp of people and he and Joe Walsh were friends and Bill Simzik and everything. If you look at the credits in uh, NCIS LA, Jay Ferguson is the guy who scores that show. Just throwing that out there. Um, I want to catch up with you because we really didn't have a chance to talk much before the show started. What are you doing as far as the camps that you're doing, the songwriting camps or, or stay over yeah. workshops, whatever you call them? Do you have any coming up and, you know, where yeah. are they and how do people sure, find out sure, more? 
All right, so I'm gonna because you asked, I'm typing into the into the chat. That is uh, my website, where you can find out about our um, songwriting retreats. So that that went my, into my chat, the one you and I have, but not their chat. So can you go ahead and do it again? It's AndreasStolpe.com, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not showing up in the YouTube, but here, uh, Liz, can you put a link to Andrea's site in the chat, please? Yeah, so that's a good spot. Um, you can go there and find out about our upcoming uh, Nashville retreats. Um, we have a couple of weeks in August there. Basically, we take songwriters um, for a, a five-day retreat, and we help uh, people form a small network with the uh, we have up to 30 people on a retreat with us, which still feels pretty intimate. We co-write every day, um, and so we and it's a very safe and and nurturing space. You know, you've got three hours to co-write. We all know what that's like to do the best we can with the time we have um, to sometimes not feel inspired and still write a song. You know, we go through all of those things together. Um, it becomes a pretty transformative experience for people. There's a lot of emotions by day three, by day five, we're, we're friends, we're good friends. And we then all funnel into um, my and my team's larger songwriting community, um, where we continue to meet um, on Zoom once a month and um, reach out for other collaborations for any kind of studio experience or players or anything else that we're looking for opportunity-wise. Our vision for for our company was to give songwriters a space where they can figure out together what do I do next, what's my next step, and what how can I strengthen my songwriting skills and do it in community so that I don't stop. Yeah, I, I completely concur with that. You know, almost everybody needs a co-writer, a collaborator. Not not necessarily a co-writer, but a collaborator. Because right. everybody has a different strength and a different weakness. And there are some yeah. people that write great top line, but they can't make a track to save their life. And it's at events like yours, the Taxi Road Rally, the chat room here on this show. These are great places. To, you can get little hints of what people do by what they're commenting on. And you know, it's not so terrible to reach out to them and say, by the way, I think That's I'm right. a pretty good top liner, but my tracks sound really dated. Maybe if we That's work right. together, you would have great melody and lyric, and I would have great uh, contemporary sounding tracks. Try it. Probably won't work out the first few times, but eventually you'll find somebody that you'll elevate each other. And that's right. the point, is two, two heads are better than one. So go to Andrea's thing and go to her website, which uh, Liz just put in the chat room. Liz, if you'd be so kind to put that in one more time, um, andreastolpe.com. Um, when is the next rally? Uh, yes, it's got, we're doing our first in-person rally in a couple of years. Um, November 3rd is a Thursday night. That's when registration is. And the actual panels are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm scared to death because I'm a little out of practice and I got really good at doing the, you know, last year we did six eight-hour days of live broadcasting, mostly wow. from my kitchen table. And yeah. it worked out really well, really good programming, if I can pat myself on the back a little bit. Um, very few technical problems with all that live broadcasting. 
the thought of going back to the hotel with a couple of thousand people and um, you know we'll have like something in the ballroom that seats about a thousand while that's going on seven eight nine different classes up on the second floor it's a lot of moving parts so I'm a little scared but I'm I've got somebody I'm kind of negotiating with right now um, to come to the road rally I think will excite a lot of our members um, the person who's not the keynote by the way and the person I'm thinking about for the keynote will be one of the most informative keynotes we've ever done and this will be the 26th year of doing this so check it out I've been to the road rally and it's fantastic thank it's you really, really good yeah my favorite day of the year is always the day after the road rally <laughs> and um, better better every beer or what is it <laughs> that was such a great yeah um better by the beer That's yeah better by the beer by lark watts what a great song yeah. and and my daughter is getting married three or three and a half weeks before the road rally on the other side of the planet so uh yeah nice. i've got to squeeze that in a you know a 15-hour flight there and a 17-hour flight home I'll probably be there the night before the wedding, the day after the wedding, and then come back for the road rally. So going to be tired when I hit the stage this year, but uh, excited to do it. Um, Andrea, you're great as always. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, giving out great advice to everybody. Again, that website is andreastolpe, S-T-O-L-P-E, dot com. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Andreastolpe.com. That's what I should have put in there. Thank you. All right. Uh, I will see you when I see you. Uh, thank you again for doing this. Bye, you guys. Don't miss next week's show. We're going to do a live Q&A with uh, music attorney Erin Jacobson. And she's always great. You guys always love her. So start writing down your questions now. We'd like to have. And please try to not make them like, well, I got a contract. You know, don't like read back a paragraph of a contract. Just ask one sentence questions would be much appreciated thank you guys thank you liz bye bye we will see you all next week for another exciting episode of taxi tv live bye